This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash Report. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. And we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Star Wars Report. I'm Bruce Gibson, and this is episode number 355. Yes, we got over the 350 hump about five episodes ago. Actually, it was exactly five episodes to go. And I'm not the only one here for today's show. Riley can't join us, but the one and only who's practically been on every episode in the last several months. Very consistent. Mark Herleman. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good, although I wonder, am I really the one and only? Because my dad's also Mark Herleman, and his cousin is Mark Herleman. I'm sure there might be some more, because I hear that Herleman is as common as Smith in Switzerland. So I wait, haven't been so there yet. But. Are you a junior or a third, or what are you? Uh, it's debatable. I, I, according to everything I read, technically I'm not a junior, but my entire life I've been a junior. When people would call back on those home lines, you remember what those were, Bruce? I mean, you, you and me, we're, we're of that genre. For a, a telephone. You would pick up the phone at home, and they'd say, is Mark Herleman there? And I would say, senior or junior? And they would say, senior, because no one ever called for me back then. And so, you know, that was just how it was. And then, of course, you know, everywhere I would go was Little Mark. So that was, uh, and then my dad's nickname became Big Guy because they, you know, it became a pain in the butt to just Mark and Mark all the time. So eventually I kind of became Mark and dad was just Big Guy or Herleman. My mom always called him by the last name. That was like her endearing nickname. And I was always like, I wish my wife would do that. And then when she does do it, I'm always like, what did I do? What, why am I in trouble? I, something about it. I just, I always feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, because I'm named after my dad. I'm not going to go into all the specifics of that. But yeah, I'm, I'm the second. My mom didn't want me called Junior because she didn't want people to nickname me Junior and call me Junior. Okay. See, so, me and my dad have different middle names. So that's that's the one thing about it that we're, you know, not the same. And I always, you know, hinted around like maybe maybe down the road, like if we had another son, you know, because we, we lost Ben, you know, at one point, you know, a third mark was on the table. But then when we lost Ben, we're like, well, we want to save that option for down the road. And then we were saving the Jason and Jaina names. And that's how Jaina became. Because it was like, once we knew Jaina was going to be the last one. It's like, all right, we're not we're not saving Jaina for any twins. <laughs> She's going solo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pun when intended. you were talking about answering the phone as a kid, it reminded me of my brother. My brother, when he was you know going through the voice change, whatever that age that is, 12, 13, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. was always mm, trying, to, mm, trying to talk with a deeper voice and stuff. And he always had to be Mr. Cool or whatever. For a small period of time, he would answer the house phone. He'd say, hello, Gibson. Actually, he would say, hello, Gibson residence. And they would always say, hi, Barbara, how are you? That was our mom. <laughs> He would get so pissed. He'd go, why do they think I'm mom? Do I sound like mom? Do I sound like mom? I'm like, of course you sound like mom. You sound like a girl. Oh, Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. (laughs) We have something to report. The closer I have good news. Data brought to us by the Botham spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. 
So I was looking here in the news. We've got Fan Awards, Star Wars Fan Awards 2018. And I saw this earlier today because someone tweeted out, hey, vote for my piece of art. And I clicked on it and I saw it and I really liked it. But then I went, you know, through the rest of the website to look at what's there. And I haven't looked at it all in great detail. What have you gone through every single one of them yet? I haven't. So the only one I've gone through so far has been the photo one. And that's when we were putting together the show notes i was like oh we gotta we gotta do this live on the show we gotta we gotta vote for this category photo and visual art i think those two are be quick and easy uh like like photo we got 25 photos that were submitted uh well, there's also a long the video short video um yeah if you want me to shoot you the the link real quick no, I'm, I'm on there now all right all right so there's a click to view the gallery let's do that all right so going in we've got scarif storm a stormtrooper must evade a nasty storm on Scarif. And this is what's hard for me, because right out the gate, this is awesome. This is a, 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 a looks like a six-inch Black Series figure that someone has set up. And some of these, they'll they'll tell you what they are, but this one, I, we have to guess. Like, I mean, the way the shoulders are, I, it makes me think that this can't actually be a person that they caught. So, like, this is brilliant use of an action figure. Uh, it, it looks glorious, man. Just, so, wait, just where, great where example. are you? I'm I'm lost. <laughs> All right. You're already lost. Bruce, come on. No, well, uh, so this is visual art, page, right? Do you see? No, go to photo. Photo. We're going to oh, do photo oh, first. Oh, 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 I thought we were doing visual art first. That's why I'm lost. But okay. it's interesting because I went back to visual art and it rearranged the order. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay, so go go to click view gallery and let's see what you get then. <laughs> okay, because I was on photo and I clicked it and I got um, Herat Syndulla. And Ooh. that's why I was like, oh, I'm on the wrong section. So now Ooh. I went back and now the first one is Ray BB-8 and Chewbacca and Jakku. Oh, so so ooh, so it you can't rearranges. be like vote for the fifth one. That ain't gonna work. Ooh, so then you might not get the same one. So maybe we shouldn't do the gallery then, because because uh, that's gonna no, okay. What so what do you have when you go to photo? Photo is well right now the Ray BB-8 thing with oh. the baby. I wonder if I refresh if it changes mine to yours. Let's see. You had Ray BB-8, huh? Nope, yeah. nope. I got Brothers in the Empire. Okay. So right. yeah, so that's so, pretty smart because a lot of times when people vote for things, the first thing usually gets most of the votes. Because, and this will keep them from bots like trying mm-hmm. to vote or something. I think if they rearrange it, but I see Brothers of the Empire right now. So it's like that's that's what makes it rough because yeah, I mean, I when I first looked at the very first one, I was like, ooh, that's that's awesome, you know. And and now this first one that it gives me is Brothers of the Empire, another brilliant shot like it's got again it looks like this could be the 375 line and they've got like a sky background and, and stuff like they're marching in a line just glorious what are some of your favorites bruce i don't know i haven't looked at this all that much i'm going through right now oh my gosh the my rebel family i thought that was ashley Eckstein in there but it's not uh, <laughs> oh look of course i see you know dogs as r2d2 and princess leia it's a <laughs> scooter d2 and princess tia and then we've got cats, greetings from Hoth, where they're dressed to be on Hoth. Oh, yeah. See, the pets are going to get it. That's see, that's, you're, you're you're in the pet camp. See, I, not me. I'm I not, like not eat, me. I'm just my dust scrubs. That one with uh, Effie's nest. That's glorious, man. Wait, I gotta find that one. Oh yeah, wait, wait, yeah. Check this one out. It's got Effie's nest, and it looks like maybe two stormtroopers. Oh, on speeder I love that her. one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that I mean, great. I mean, the walk in the wilds with the Harrison Dula one that you had mentioned—that's great cosplay. Love that. Uh, but the Death Trooper, ooh, I love. I'm a fan of the Death Troopers. I, I've I've ran into one of those at Iguana Comics when they had uh, uh, 
Oh, what is his name? Uh, Tony Tony Moore. Yeah, Tony um, Moore, the the Walking Dead artist, uh, the creator of that, he came down and did a signing, and they had a couple Death Troopers that showed up for the signing. Those costumes, in I mean, man, again, the five hundred first, like I was talking on our Patreon episode, they're just brilliant craftsmen of art. And when you touch zombies, anything zombie, I'm a big fan of of that genre. So, oh yeah, that one just gets me. Yeah, I there's like also the Death Trooper one, but Tashi Station Posse looks good to me. Oh, see, I'm I'm looking at that one, and right next to it for me is Savers, Saviors of Takodana, the Lego X-Wing Poe Dameron coming over a pond or pool. <laughs> yes. Man, there's a lot of creativeness here. Let's see, there's uh, Utapau Inferno. That one looks pretty cool. You get to see General Grievous and Obi-Wan going toe-to-toe. Ooh, I, you know, I didn't even know that they made that creature. The, uh, the lizard that Kenobi's riding? Wow. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That wow. looks really cool. And the yeah. master versus apprentice. Oh my gosh. I don't know how that one, that I think is a person, maybe two people. Is it? Uh, I think so. I and then yes. they've maybe Photoshopped the, the lightning and stuff. Yeah. That one's, that one's awesome. But I think for me, one of the ones that really stand out is scavenger. And the reason why is because not only does the picture just exemplify a scene from the movie, but in the description he writes, or yeah, Carlo V writes, uh, in this picture, I wanted to capture what Ray's day scavenging would look like and feel like. I used the 3.75 Ray figure from the vintage collection and used recycled materials such as pill bottles and other miscellaneous garbage to create the debris around her and the real fog to create the atmosphere. And I mean, I, on first glance, thought that was just a, a photo of the scene. I had to go in and look at it. Like, that is just amazing. Well, I thought the same with tool, uh, Duel of the Toys. I th- it looks from when it's smaller. I thought it was from actually from the Phantom Menace of Obi-Wan oh, yeah, and Qui-Gon yeah. fighting Maul. And it's actually mm-hmm. just action figures. But the yeah, exact the same elbows, pose is a photo. The elbows are the only thing that give that away. That looks yeah. exactly, you're right, you're right. Yeah. And then look, there's Rex and Baby Ray family portrait. Yes, that one's <laughs> cute. That one's right next to mine too. The Stormtrooper <laughs> in Paradise... That one, what's interesting about that is like from a distance, it doesn't look that impressive. But if you look close, the paradise is reflected off his armor. That's yeah. that's a really cool effect. Like, I, I really like that one. Um, and then Train Heist was another one that was up there for me. Like, I'm a big fan yep. of the figure ones. Yeah, I am too. I think we need to uh, make our votes. Mm, you've closed yourself off from the forest. The Ray cosplay, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, we've pretty much covered them all. There's uh, a Millennium uh falcon where <laughs> somebody made a <laughs> can display of the millennium falcon that's kind of right. awesome <laughs> so i'm gonna vote uh i i hmm, uh, i don't know you know what it is i'm gonna vote <laughs> it, it, i don't know why it's speaking to me maybe because i'm old school and it looks like a lost scene from a new hope uh mm-hmm. tashi station posse for some nice. reason i really like that Nice. It's it's hard for me, but I'm going with Scavenger. Um, that the use of that, like I mean, Master versus Apprentice is really good. The Emphy's Nest one is great, and that uh, the Scarif Storm. I love all those, but yeah, I just I really like the fact that it captured that moment. I mean, I I just feel like Ray is just let go of the rope and it just swung out of frame. Like I'm ready for her to take off outside the uh, down Star Destroyer. You have to sign in with your Disney account. 
or your link it to your Facebook account. You know, it probably would have helped the show if I would have told you about that beforehand like I did. <laughs> I logged well, in with my Facebook. <laughs> I tried to, but then it sent me back to put in a password. Oh, uh -oh. wait, now I'm in. I'm in. Oh, crap. And I just said, okay, when it had said they want to send me things in email. I don't want that. Okay. So I, <laughs> did vote? Did, did the vote go through? Yes. Now it did. Okay. So All I right. made my vote. You know, because also because in the shot, it looks like, a, like I said, delete scene. There's Biggs and stuff and there's Cammy. Mm -hmm. I have to say something. I've never said this publicly, but I always had a crush on her. On Cammy? Yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> of course, like well I was nine years old and I only saw like these photos. I'm like, who's that? She wasn't in the movie, but I like her. She can come babysit me. Okay, anyway, let's move on <laughs> to the visual art section. <laughs> oh man, this this is another hard one. Um, man, just some. I think I already know here. what I want because I've already looked at these for. A oh, while. you you were looking at these ones. Okay, you you're okay. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is tough. You know what I, you know, the reason, and I won't say what it is yet, but the one that I think I'm voting for mm. is the one that someone tweeted out and I clicked on it was, so it was the first one I saw. So I don't know if that has something to do with it, but after I looked at the others, I'm like, you know what? I think I like that first one that I saw is the best. Oh, that's a tough one, man. All right. All right. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. What, what's, which one's leading you that direction? And then, and then from there, your next four that you like. Okay. The one that I like the best is Balance, where it's Balance. the Ray and Ben Solo Kylo Ren. Uh, it looks like okay, it's stained okay. glass, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of that thing that was on the wall on Rebels yeah. that Ezra interacted with. Yeah, no, yeah, the gate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the gate thing. That that's what it reminds me of. That's pretty cool. I like cool. that. No, that one's cool. And there is another one that actually is stained glass, uh the Bestman candle box. That one I think that's cool. probably in my top 4. Yeah. I like the Bestman Bestman candle box. Uh mm. so what what anything screaming at you yet? Man, there's I mean, there's a lot. So I like I like the choices one where it's got Anakin and uh, Obi Wan and Padme and Vader or not Vader but uh, Palpatine. You got Yoda there. Uh, the Rapier One, the A Wing prototype featuring the R four uh, Ginger. I'm, I'm assuming the R four is supposed to be Ranger, um, but maybe I'm wrong. But I, I that one looks really cool. But the Skylock uh, Skywalking Blossoms is is one that I thought that was gonna be the one that pulled you in. Um, I, I think I've seen that one somewhere else. Uh, I just I love the pose the Vader's got in that shot. I could see him kind of like setting foot on a planet and overlooking a city full of people, knowing there might be one or two prospective Jedi down below, and he's got to come and bring vengeance for the Empire. Like, ah, oh. yeah, Skywalking uh, Blossoms is in my top four. I, I I like the Dak and Luke of the past day, not so much because of what it is, but what it is. If that makes any sense. I, I mean, it's a it's a snow speeder and it's an open scene and you see like Luke and Dak like they're about to get in. But what really makes that awesome is that you see a picture of the hand holding the box that this is like a little model or um, it's a giant hand. Ooh, dog. <laughs> First India. Now this. No. <laughs> um, let's see. So the other ones that I, I really liked was the uh, Emphy's Nest costume. Um, yes. and, and that's mul multiple angles of an actual person dressed up in cosplay. I love that. I think that one's brilliant. Um, but I think for me of them all between that and the Darth Maul one, I it's man, it's really hard. Cause 
I really like that rapier one, and there's nothing really going on. Like it's just an A wing parked outside of of like what looks like could even be Tatooine after it's been bombed to hell and back, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just a droid, but there's not much to it. And yet at the same time, like that one's really pulling me towards it more so than the Skywalking Blossom. Yeah, I I'm yeah I'm kind of with you on that. I would say this is probably my number two or three. Mm. Yeah, it looks really good. I mean, well, from a distance, it looks like oh that looks okay. But then when I blow it up, it's like oh yeah, that looks really great. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the the Vader one looks awesome as a thumbnail. When you go in, it definitely has a comic book feel. Yeah. So I mean, I I definitely feel like. You know, we need some more Purge stories, especially now that Purge, the, the comic, is now Legends. Like, we need a new version. I want, you know, I want more than Inquisitors. Like, you know, the Inquisitors are great, and they were always there in Legends, but Vader was the one that was known for wiping out the Jedi. Let's let's see some of that. Like, What's with this Rebellion Reborn? That, that outfit's kind of crazy. It's cool, but... What, she, is that a purse, too? She's got a Falcon purse? She's got a, like, Falcon purse purse and then like this oh, overcoat that has like dude, ships with that's the crate sand oh yeah that's they're rushing out so so is that collar are the, is the collar walkers are those first order walkers uh, i can't, I I can't, I can't tell can't, it's so uh, hard yeah. it's, it's hard to tell that is hard to tell but, but probably, that is brilliant yeah it would make sense because the ships are going towards the walkers that, that is cool and she's got x-wings in her hair and bb8 Oh man, on the earrings, that is awesome. That, that is, is cool. cool. I I have an appreciation for that kind of detail work. Uh, over the weekend, I did my OA fellowship, like we were talking before on the patron, and a guy had an OA sash. So I was looking at him, and I'm like, "What's on your OA sash?" And he had used the Native American beads and beaded an entire sash out of the beads and had all these really cool patterns woven into it with a lighter white. So you could barely see him. Oh, it was glorious. And and you couldn't tell from a distance. And and that's how this looked like from the thumbnail. Thumbnail does not do this outfit justice at all. I mean, right. you zoom in and you're like, you realize she's wearing a star field underneath it all as, as on top of it. Like there, there's a lot of detail here that you just would have missed. Plus the whole Leia, uh, was it Endor bun that she's got going on there at the top with the ponytail wrapping around? Like that's just brilliant. Well played. Well, yeah, and then and then you have Anakin's hot rod speeder custom scale model with Michael Morris. Do you see that? Michael Morris is the one who did the hot rod speeder. What? Isn't that him? I'm I'm go- I'm I'm <laughs> zoom- <laughs> oh, I you had me. You had me for a whole <laughs> It's got, not, it's not. It's, it's not just a guy who's got a beard and hair like same color as Michael's. <laughs> that is a good model and custom too. It is over right, two I'm years modeled vote. on the computer. Over two hundred three D printed parts. Man, I was just talking to my son about that. About how you know the the three D printed genre uh, of people out there that are just building and just getting innovative and just the things they're making. And now you're able to do this and stuff. Like, oh, I need to get one. Time to build some lightsabers. Wow, and there's even okay. So yeah, make your vote. I did my vote for the the blah blah the Ben Solo balance thing or whatever. You, you brought balance. I I brought the rapier balance. one. But you know, there's long video and short video stuff which we're not going to do now. But that's that I have to watch these. That, yeah. that's going to take some time. That's mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> I bet this is really exciting for everyone since they can't see what we're doing. You need to be on. The StarWars.com site looking at the fan awards while we're going 
going through this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, go out and, and next year get involved. Like you've got a whole year to get ready. I mean, some of these things are are just you know what most of us are doing in our garages with our action figures anyway, right? posing them in epic poses. Oh um, yeah, like I'm doing that in my garage. You know what I did in my garage this weekend? My daughter dropped a bottle of iced tea, and I had to mop it up. That's what ooh. I did in my garage. This oh weekend. man. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Snapple. You don't drop your Snapple. Come on. No, that that's a party foul right there. <laughs> yes. And this episode is brought to you by Snapple. Okay. So, okay. I'm looking here in the notes. And again, I'm behind on some stuff like the comics. And I am really have been intrigued for the longest time, even before Solo came out, about Vader's castle. That's something that's always intrigued me and i'm i'm even hoping that in episode nine there's a play of vader's castle in there i know it was in solo but that was like a brief scene but i mean i want solo i mean not solo's castle well that would be interesting i want Mm -hmm. vader's castle to be like it has a a big part in the movie it's part of the story there's something about it so you have found something out very interesting here that's Mm -hmm. showing up in the darth vader comics and if anybody doesn't want to know you May want to skip it because you know we yeah. might get Darth some Vader twenty two. If you have not read it, twenty two. Yes, this is where a lot of this comes from. Um, yeah, uh, I believe it's Comic Book Resources is the article we're looking at on this one, and they title it "Marvel Reveals the Hidden Secret of Darth Vader's Rogue One Castle." Uh, and we learned Darth Vader's castle on Mustafar has a very unique design for a very unique reason. And and you're talking about could we see this in Episode Nine? And as we'll get into this, I want to say yes. Uh, you know, oh, we've seen Luke to. Skywalker die. Yes. And the very unique aspect about this is that it allows a person not only to gain dark side abilities, uh, you know, by channeling the dark side of the force. It's also somewhat of a doorway to the netherworld of the force. And so Vader's using this in a sense to try to reach Padme. So uh, they write Marvel Star Wars comics has been peeling back the curtain on so many aspects of Darth Vader. You'd never think this was the same character we saw on screen in the seventies and eighties. Now we're seeing so much depth to him, forcing us to emphasize with his selfish reasons for wanting to harness the dark side of the force. Darth Vader 22 continues to unpack the backstory of his famous obsidian castle on Mustafar. However, after the last issue hinted Vader wanted to use his castle to increase his powers, we now discover an even bigger hidden secret regarding its existence. It was meant to reunite him with the spirit of his dead wife, Padme Amidala, which is exciting in and of itself, which, which we're going to go into more exploratory of that in a second, but we're going to continue on with this article here and then get back to Vader's castle before we go on to this next part, because this next part for me, while you got excited about the castle for me, it's the next character that's kind of introduced that got me going like, <gasps> my, my brain did the whole explosion, you know, <laughs> you can't contain yourself. So when the castle was seen in Gareth Edwards, rogue one, a star Wars story, we initially thought it was just a place to meditate. Now using the mask of an artistic Sith Lord, Mammon, Vader wants to tap further into the locus at the planet's core, which allows him a deep dive into the dark side and its energy. See, now this is what I'm talking about. It's not that it's not that I'm just interested in the castle. It's these kind of things like the castle is going to reveal this type of like a character or something new that we haven't seen before. Secrets and things. Yes. Oh, this is yeah. Good. This is good. <clears throat> So as for the design, Mammon, who is the one that really got my interest, I locked right onto this because, as they say, Mammon, who died years ago and whose work was considered taboo by the Sith, 
is communicating its benefits via his ghost, which is apparently trapped in the mask. He's basically trying to sell Vader on why his castle design is the way to go. Vader clearly recognizes amazing architecture when he sees it, but Mamet confirms his design is more than just something that looks cool. It serves a more sinister purpose, and by reading Vader's mind, he knows Palpatine's lackey is the right person for whom he'll sculpt his quote-unquote greatest masterpiece. Now, Mammon reveals his schematic for the castle is shaped like a tuning fork. All right, but it's not exactly, or but it's exactly that actually. Uh, this is why his spirit came to Vader and killed off his architects, as he felt insulted seeing that their architectural design as something which isn't curated for a higher calling. So Mammon, gloating in full, confesses his tuning fork can read the mystical pitches as well as the various frequencies of life. So this allows the structure to tune in and actually pierce the veil of death which would now enable Vader or Anakin Skywalker, his Jedi persona, to reunite with Queen Amidala. Of the Naboo. Of the yes, Naboo. <laughs> yes. This is cool. This is cool. So now they've been they've been focusing on his castle for the last couple issues, or is this the first one? Uh, it's been for a couple issues now, I believe. And okay. uh, and then there's, uh, I think I had a crossover for Halloween where they were doing a bunch of little Vader castle, like, there's a whole, I want to say it's like an arc dedicated to Vader's there, castle. Yeah, there's for that. the Star Wars Adventures, the kitty ones by IDW. I yeah. actually read that one. <laughs> yeah, and so, so like, you know, I mean, it's showing up in multiple mediums for multiple age groups, which does lead you to think that there is something important. I mean, going back to your want to see this in episode nine, I don't think you're far off in that want. Like, I, I think there'll be a lot of people out there. And they've seeded things in a great way that they could pick up on that thread. I mean, if if that's something JJ was paying attention to in Rogue One, um, and that was something you know, I just realized I was saying Solo earlier (laughs) when I met Rogue One. (laughs) No, but but yeah, I mean, so for me, the thing that got me the most excited was Mammon himself. Right, this is a guy who is a ghost. Granted, he's apparently trapped in the mask. But it's the ghost angle that got me going. Okay, so this brings us to the next topic, which is the dark side spirits. Okay, I've always felt the force ghost angle needed to be more than just a special few, right? Like right now with canon, that's pretty much all we've got, right? The few people that have learned. So, wait, what's this? Wait, wait, where is this angle of the force ghost? This is a separate thing now? Yeah, this... yeah, yeah. Unless you okay. want to continue on, on the Vader angle, because uh, I, I'm shifting us into into an angle here with the Force Ghost. That, like, I really want to pick a brain, and Bruce, I selected you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is something that that inspired... This thing about the castle and everything inspired you to want to go into this Force Ghost angle that you've yeah. got. Okay, yeah, gotcha. because uh, so when it comes to Legends, right... I've always been excited about the fact that we've had multiple Sith that have formed a spirit of some form or fashion. Like they weren't the traditional force ghosts like Obi-Wan walking around. And yet they kind of were. You had some Sith that they were just a head in a jar, right? You had some Sith that were holding their bodies together, but they were pretty much had already passed, but they were just refusing to let go. You had uh, a Sith that basically shed his light side and became just pure dark side. That was Revan when we had the shadow of Revan. Um, so there's that angle, right? And then you have all these different Sith Lords that put their, their souls into their holocrons and things of that nature. They would always be linked to something. A good chunk of them, it was uh, on Korriban, the Valley of the Sith Lords, you know, their tombs. They couldn't leave their tombs, but they were Sith ghosts. They were there, right? And yet that was never a Lucas thing. Lucas was always like, no, it's only the Jedi, right? So and then canon, 
you know, we had the reboot and we're back to the Lucas view of everything because the backstory that was Legends is now a different universe. And yet we've got these canon aspects that start putting this out there, right? So now we've got in the comic, we've got moment. Go back to the Clone Wars under Lucas even. And we had the Night Sisters using their their dark stuff to bring back their you know their zombified uh, Night Sisters. You've got uh, the angle also in Rebels with the uh, the Geonosians being brought back in a sense. Um, there's a few of them out there that I didn't even put on this list, but also in the book of uh, Dark Disciple, you know you, you get more of the idea of what's going on with the Night Sisters and their and their magic and stuff. And it's like that aspect of it's a place, right? The place is what allows that to happen. And while that works for the Sith, we do have a common factor here. And the fact is that we do have Sith dark side ghosts. So could we possibly That's get canon, to a point? Not just legends, but yeah, canon. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. of what you mentioned in the in the Vader castle thing. Yeah. So so their spirits seem to be trapped in an altar and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, look at what happened with Kanan and, and Sabine Wren, right? They were possessed by spirits. Again, they were phantoms, right? And right, yet, exactly, it makes me keep wondering. You know, could we see a true dark sider as a traditional force ghost someday? But yet again, going back to what we see at canon, canon currently says no. If you go to the definition at the databank, uh, they say the Sith were unable to manifest themselves after death, causing them to concentrate on gaining earthly power only. Though one Sith, the Presence, was able to pres- uh, preserve part of her conscious essence as long as it was bound to an object like a Sith holocron. Now, that's the uh, the voice that came to Ezra in Rebels, right? And then it says, and another, Lord Mammon, had part of his consciousness preserved in his mask. So now, there has to be a physical object for them to be a force ghost, to possess something. They can't just be a ghost. Yep, because of their selfish angle. So it gets back to the Lucas thing. Like It's like Lucas had a direct point of view on it and while lucas said no there can't be we're currently finding a nebulous gray area to play with that and this gives me hope because i've always felt like it shouldn't be just the jedi only or or especially just a select few especially again when you consider that qui-gon jinn learned it when when did qui-gon learn at death because any other point or any other answer beyond he learned it at death, that someone miraculously, the, the, the spirits, the, the priestesses decided at death that, that maybe now is a good time. Any other thing like that makes kind of Qui-Gon like a big Jedi D-bag because he was sitting on that secret when Jedi were dying all over the place. You know, I mean, like that's something you could have been preserving Jedi and like helping everybody teach other generations. Like it could have been more than just Yoda, like when did he learn that? Like that was well, something that always boggled me. Yeah, I, I always assumed he learned it after death. That his essence moved to this other realm, and he came <laughs> back, and he's like, "Hey, everybody, guess what? I figured something out while I'm out here." But <laughs> that doesn't mean that somebody on the dark side of the force wouldn't be able to figure that out or do that themselves. It's nothing that says that we've learned that you have to be on the good side of the force to do anything. If anything with the Sith, the Sith use more of the elements of the force than the Jedi because they're more restrictive of themselves mm-hmm. of what to use. There's danger and there's things that are dangerous within the force and those things that are not, that are more safe where a Sith will use anything. So life after death being a force ghost sounds like something a Sith would either figure out or be able to do. 
Well, and think about Mammon, right? Mammon comes from the Sith from long ago, right? When the Sith were different than what we know or what we know of them because there's not much out there. And yet Mammon managed to do this. He managed to preserve part of himself, if not all of himself, in that mask. Maybe, maybe he's like the genie and he's trapped, right? But the bottom line is the Sith of his time considered his work too taboo for them. So does that mean that those Sith might have been worthy enough at some point to have learned the technique, maybe? I mean, it, it makes me start to think about things like that, of that nature. And because Lucas was such a hardliner, you know, he was like flat out, no, like we're not, you're not going to learn Yoda species and there's no force ghosts. You know, like, I mean, even like with uh, Vibraswords, like in Lucas's mind, there were no Vibraswords. Like we got the Darksaber and that was it, you know, like, and basically what was the Darksaber? A Vibrosword that was a lightsaber. <laughs> well, I'm also reading here, I'm in Wikipedia and it says that Lord Momin was created for the fourth issue of Star Wars Lando. And I don't, I read that one, but I don't remember that. I don't remember him being part of the Lando comic. It must have been something very brief. Or maybe it was just the mask in the background. I, I mean, it's a good. And now I'm now I've, Nathan just sent me the codes for that. So I'm like, now I'm going to have to get that out. <laughs> Check this out. See what I missed. Yeah, because that uh, now that's interesting to me. I mean, I'm sure that we didn't learn a whole lot about them because, like I said, I don't even remember them. And I mean, it's been a while. It's been a few years now, since I've read them. Is that the first Lando comic or the art of the deal? The second one? It's it. I think it's the first one. Yeah, it's from uh, 2015. Really? Yeah. So. I did read that one. I did not realize he was a Sith Lord even then. Wow. Uh, oh, are just man. Revealing That's cool, themselves though. to us tonight. That's cool, though, because like I remember when I read that comic, I it wasn't a you know one that really inspired me. There were some angles about it that I thought were weird. So now I'm looking forward to going back and checking out more because like clearly I missed something more that was seated there. Oh, you know, that's. When you look in Wikipedia, you know where it says appearances and it shows you all the places the character appeared? It says here, Lando, part four, first mentioned. So he wasn't seen. He was just mentioned. Okay. I wonder what they said now. I don't know. I don't remember. We'll have to go back and look. Wow. But yeah, there's, this whole quote from Charles Sewell, though, on Twitter, where he goes, uh, wrote Darth Vader 22 today, Fortress Vader Part 4, or Tale of Lord Mammon. I really like it. I've had this story in mind since my Lando book. Ah, and he tagged some others in 2015. Wasn't sure I'd ever get a chance to tell it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The man behind now, the now, mask. The mention is great because when Lando steals this ship, it's like a little mini Sith Museum ship. Uh, and it was Palpatine's personal yacht. So there was a lot of really dark, dark items on there. So that's cool in and of itself. And, and But again, it gets me so excited because, you know, if anyone's going to be able to find a way to do something like that, to latch on to something on death, you, you're so not ready to let go. It would be a Sith. You know, getting back to the right. Revan angle, right? I mean, in, in Legends, Revan was literally tore apart, and the light side of him didn't even know that the dark side of him did it. The dark side was like, dude, I can't... You, it's like a, a, a Banner and the Hulk kind of thing, and, and the Hulk's like, I'm done with puny Banner, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and the thought that they may come back and bring Revan in, because they, they're putting out figures of Revan... Uh, and stuff like that. They've, they've talked about mentions. They had models of him for the Clone Wars. If they ever bring Revan back into canon in some form or fashion, they could play with that angle as well. And 
you know, think about like that in, in both these good and bad sides. Like if you had some kind of story plot set like for Ray, perhaps, right, as Ray's learning stuff and she goes to a place and she unlocks the shadow of Revan. Right. And so you've got the dark Revan out there and about and the good side of Revan comes to her and he you know, basically drops the plot on her. Like, you got to stop him. But that's the plot. Like, that's the next trilogy down the road is Ray stopping the shadow of Revan. Like. And that tie-in of, you know, you'd be in the sequel trilogy, but they'd be talking about things that happened in the past, and you don't need to do anything more than Obi-Wan going, I fought with your father in the Clone Wars. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I know Revan came from the past, but he's a threat here, so we got to focus on the here and now. And the promise of all of that in the past. And that, for me, the promise of a character like Mulman for the potential of all these other Darksiders out there having a voice long after their death and a potential to affect the plot, that, to me... That's the stuff that I absolutely loved about what Legends did. And I'm loving that they're doing that again to the degree that they are. I mean, I, I love for more of that interconnectivity, but I'll take what I can get. And I love it when they give it to me, man. I mean, this is my jam. I, you know what? You seem to be excited about it. I would say that for sure. <laughs> yeah, like got no voice. I'm over here like, Bruce, can you believe this? <laughs> the only way I got a word in edgewise is anytime you took a drink of something. See, like right now, there you this go. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I say we go into Boba's Bounty because I can't wait to tell you about my little story. I think you would appreciate this. All right. It's worth a lot to me. As you wish. So uh, I was in my uh, closet today to get some. I have like a little bookshelf in my closet. So I have like this big walk-in closet and I have a bookshelf there of stuff. And I went to get something out of it, and uh, I saw a book there that I've been meaning to read for the last several years. As a matter of fact, I can tell you I've been wanting to read this book since 2012, because that's when it was published, Ooh. in May of 2012. And it is Star Wars Scourge. Do you know this book? Did okay, you ever read yeah, this one? Yeah, I, I That's one of the few that I didn't finish all the way through. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, there, there, there's like three. I said three. So now with that one, now that that's popped up in my head, it's fourth. What I do know about that one is that it came out of a role-playing game from uh, Wizards of the Coast. I believe it was Wizards of the Coast. That's Might have right. been one of the other companies that came I forgot about after. that. You're right. Yeah. 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 The character, the huts, uh, the, the whole, I think it's like one of the, the arcs that you could play and then they built it up uh from there so like yeah me and nate we talked about it during a uh a year in review episode on beyond the films and like because i read the stuff on the rpg and then when we covered it i felt like i knew enough about it that i never went back and it's it's actually one of those few books that i really need to do get back to well yeah the author is jeff grubb and it says he's an author and game designer so the the reason i'm pointing out this book because you know what's the big deal i found a book on my shelf i haven't read that star wars well the funny thing about this book is i won this book oh nice on a listening to a live episode of the star wars report in 2012 nice <laughs> there was a time where it was like one of the first times uh, that you guys did a live show and I remember Bethany being on it too and I tuned in live and there was maybe four or five of us that actually tuned into the show and there was like a chat group yep. and I don't remember what we what was used for the show but I remember uh, 
uh, listening to the show. And then at one point in the show, Riley's like, well, we got a copy of a new book that we're going to give away. And we're going to give it away to one of our listeners who was here live in the chat group. So, uh, and he numbered them or something. He said, Bethany, pick a number between one and what? And she's like, and this is before they even knew me. I mean, maybe we met just once briefly or something. And they said, oh, it goes to Admiral Rex. Because I had my little, you know. Twitter name, mm-hmm. whatever, in there. And I was like, yay! And I got it in the mail, and I was like, I gotta read this someday, and I just haven't mm-hmm. read it. But I found it today, and it, I thought, my gosh, that's six years ago that I won this book from the Star Wars Report. Yeah, and my, my best friend is a Wookiee. I won that on uh, uh, the Sarlacc pit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I brushed through it once, and I'm like, man, I really should go back and, and really brush in that book, because like, I was so excited when I won. I was like, yeah! It was like winning the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know, I and mean, I remember I that too because that was one of our contests to try to get a live audience, yes. and it kind of worked. Like I, I want to say we did like two or three others in that month, and we we were hitting like every Friday, like it was a Friday at six or something like that. And yeah, we we would get up to almost twenty five people, and there was one time. I can't remember what it was, but there was one time we almost had a hundred in the chat and my brain was melting. I was like, really? It wasn't that many. I remember it, tuning into the live shows. Yeah. And I can't remember what the topic was either. It was like something that had happened. And like, I think, I think Riley got a little crafty with his dropping of the clickbait line for once, or maybe it was probably me, you know, probably truth be told, it was probably me clickbaiting. I liked, I like a good clickbait article if it works, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just remember I was like, I can't believe that there's so many people here. And then, of course, you know, then, then it becomes hard to stop talking to the chat because <laughs> you start to engage with them. And then you're like, oh, you know, Riley's just throwing topics left and right out. We had like massive shows all prepared. Then it'd be like a one or two topic show because we would just get into chatting with, the, you know, the, the crowd. Bethany was great at it, too. She'd be like, so let's ask the people in the chat. Like, I mean, it was a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoyed that. That was that was a blast. I remember that. I remember one time sitting in my kitchen with my laptop, listening to a live show and participating in the chat. Yeah, what was that? Was um oh mixer? You guys use yeah. mixer. That's what it yep. was. And I would I was sitting there at my laptop, and for for some weird reason, Riley's like, oh, let's just randomly call people. Uh, you know, whatever, send in your numbers or whatever. And and then he said, you know, he's looking in the group. He goes, oh, and I had never been on a podcast before, never called into one, never. I mean, this is before anything like that. And <laughs> he's like, Bruce, I see you in the chat. Let's let's talk to Bruce. Bruce, we're gonna call you. What's your number? And I typed it in there. I was like, oh crap, he's gonna call me. I had to run. I remember running away from my laptop because my phone was upstairs, and I was like <laughs> running. I was like, and my wife's like, what's going on? I'm like, the stars are perfect. It's about to call me <laughs> nice <laughs> and i was on the show that was the first time <laughs> that is epic man that is epic. and see we started on ustream uh we were doing ustream and when we did mixler that was like riley's like i found this new program we're gonna try it out and That's like it. that mix lasted yeah. for quite a while yes even did uh star wars tonight through mixler because i would yeah i had the app on my phone and he would do star wars tonight like at five o'clock eastern time uh, mm. I think the first year he did it and I would leave work around that time and I would bring up the Mixler app and listen in my car. I couldn't do the chat and anything cause I was driving, but yeah, I remember that <laughs> crazy, nice. crazy. So what's yes. your Boba's bounty? Mark? Ironically, mine Uh-oh. too is something that I got one from Riley. That's been sitting on a shelf for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I got Riley's to, holding out. <laughs> so, so we, uh, we, you know, we've had top sponsorships multiple different times throughout the history of our network, 
and Riley. I don't know if he's got these from them or from the many times that he's recorded at their booths. Uh, he, you know, he goes to New York Comic Con. He goes to all the different conventions, Dragon Con. So he tends to, when he gets to know somebody, you know, he puts on a good impression. And, you know, we wanted to record someplace live and he had bumped into one of the Tops guys like at like a Chipotle's or something, you know, eating lunch or something and got in good with them. And then they were like, yeah, you can come and record in our booth. And that one time has has garnished our network a, a nice avenue of a place to sit down and record at these type of events or for Riley to compile a post and that. And through that, he's gotten, you know, gifts and swag and stuff like that. But Riley's not big on the physical collecting side. Like, he's got very few of those. Riley's always been big onto the movies, big into the music. Uh, you know, he's few statues, few of these things. Like, like on our last episode, he's finally got into cosplay. You know, it was the first time. So he sent me a pack of a bunch of different goodies and stuff over the years and stuff. In fact, he'd also sent me a, uh, a Clone Wars shirt also uh, over the weekend. And so I wanted to open this up, and I also he also sent me a, some Tops Galactic uh, files as well as these Tops Journey to the Force Awakens: The Last Jedi. So we're gonna open that pack first here and see what we got. We got a narrow Journey victory. to the Force Awakens. He really has been holding out on you, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, Poe in control, the Admiral in action. That's uh, Akbar there. Luke Skywalker's failure as Yoda's berating him. That is why you fail. Yoda and the younglings. And oh my gosh. Oh, Bruce. I got Hondo and Naka signed card, dude, by Ooh. Jim Cummings. Oh, oh, that's yeah. a first. I have never got anything like that. Ah! Whoa. <laughs> awesome. Oh, dude. I'm glad I opened that one just now. Holy cow. I know. Is... I love hearing your reaction to that one. <laughs> I'm looking at it and I'm like, that looks like somebody wrote on it. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, they did. Uh, and then there's a Chewbacca, an art style one, seven of 14, as well as Fast Friends in Green. Ooh, And now the Galactic ones, these ones are pretty cool. So I I've, I opened this one up before the show and I just want to share my favorites here. It's an Ahsoka Tano. And it's uh, from her from Rebels. and But what's really cool is the, the design on them. Because they got these really cool modern lines, kind of metro look to them. Like the Jin Urso one. I'm holding it up for Bruce. I don't know. The listeners, they can't see oh, it. Yeah. But they're just, man. And they, they've oh, got like great. a technochrome color to them. That they just really pop. Like, absolutely love them. They're, I got a, Those two are my favorite. The Jin Urso and the uh, Sokotano. But I also got a young Leia uh, that I absolutely love. Just great. Uh, and now I'm going to open the next one of these. <laughs> I, I almost don't want to open the, the third one. In fact, I'm not going to because I want to I save it for another Boba's Bounty someday when I don't have anything as, as epic as this. Because that first one, like, how do you top that? Like, let's see. Let's see what I got, Bruce. I don't think I'm topping it. Uh, Return to Rebellion. We got Luke's Test. That, that Luke's Test is Luke coming off of the X-Wing on Dagobah. I, I kind of get the impression that Yoda's Test was don't go to uh, Bespin. And Luke failed that test, too. Uh, we got Barris and Luminara from the Clone Wars animated show. Into the Nightclub from Episode 2. Arresting Palpatine from Episode 3. Rescuing Princess Leia from Episode 4. Uh, a green card, the Resistance A-Wing. And, ooh, a cool-looking a Darkness Rises series of uh, Phasma, the First Order executioners uh, on each side. That one oh, looks... Oh, yeah. Like that'd be that. a killer poster. Like, I don't know how yeah. well you can see that one, but... Yeah, that looks really good. Yeah, that would make nice. a great poster. That's why I hate sometimes is like I see book covers or cards like that, and I'm like, oh, I want a poster of that. I want to put it on the wall. Right? 
Man, I just I can't believe I got this Hondo car. I can't though, believe man. these are so old. Like where I mean he he hasn't been home in a while. He's been in Texas. Like did he take them in Texas with him or something? I yeah, I don't know. Like did, yeah, suddenly like I had two different envelopes, two different he didn't even tell me they were coming. This is number five of ninety nine. He probably put it in the mail three years ago with really cheap postage and it just got to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh well either way riley i gotta i gotta shoot you a shot of this and the thank you yeah that's awesome great bounty from my boba's bounty i would say so i think that does it for the star wars report too so whew, i'm exhausted oh, you know because we're there i guess that is one last topic that we didn't put in what's that we, we always close the show with many bothans die bringing you this uh podcast and yet, Matt Martin was tweeting that we don't know what a Bothan is. And and we talked about this. You I want to know a bot. I want to, like, I want a Bothan to appear in something, even if it's Star Wars Resistance or, or a comic or, like, like I know we saw them in Legends, but yeah. it's like, I want that to be the official, like, this is a Bothan. So you're you're in the keep, keep a Bothan camp, keep the Bothans the way they were? I would say so, and I think they would. I, I'm in that camp, but his comment had a lot of people like, man, there were some clickbait articles. That those and the steering of the ship with episode nine, I'm just like, wow, we are really reaching here. <laughs> Maybe we'll get a Both when we'll get a movie called Bothans, a Star Wars story. No. <laughs> I'd be down, but it'd be kind of tragic because they were all kind of like the pun of Palpatine. I gave them the codes. <laughs> I'd be like, oh man. All those buttons for nothing? Ouch. It's a trap. It's a trap. Or as Leia said it first in in Empire Strikes Back, it's a trap. What? It's a trap. Anyway, well, uh, find me on Twitter. I'm at Admiral underscore Rex. You can find Mark at Illogical Rogue 2. And uh, I guess that's kind of about it. I say everybody go like you know go watch Star Wars, go read Star, Wars. go go do something Star Wars right now. If this didn't get you pumped up, I don't know what will. Yeah, hashtag what I love about Star Wars. Hashtag Star Wars Report or at Star Wars Report, so we know that you're uh, listening to the hashtags. Because I hashtag true. it up. Hashtag hashtag it up. You know, I want some hash browns now. Ooh. Yeah. Breakfast for dinner. I'm down, Bruce. I'm down. I'm cooking. You know what? I love hash browns at fast food places because they're really tater tots, and I love tater tots. <laughs> That's what they're like. Love me an iron skilled tater tot. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode is episode 355, the tater tot episode, brought to you by Snapple. Snapple iced tea. Just don't drop it in your garage or you'll be cleaning it up. Mm, the tater will come and purge it. <laughs> oh, and uh, thank you for riding Star Tours. Bye. Bye.